My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Dynamis, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise A man who was sent to begin a, a new leadership assignment for the corporation that he was working for was, was gathering with his new team for an introductory meeting. And the office manager thought a, a good way for people to introduce one another was by them going around the room and everyone sharing their name, how long they worked for the company, and to maybe share what was their biggest fear. So they went around the room. And somewhat unsurprisingly, one person said spiders. Another one went for a laugh and said unemployment. Then someone answered death, which brought a couple nervous chuckles. And then another person followed up with not belonging. Effectively taking what was meant to be a, a light-hearted icebreaker into a very deep exercise. The author, Devin Shack, who shared that anecdote in his book entitled Interference, followed up with a similar experience of his own. He said that he was with a group of 15 other guys who were all part of this local writers group. And during one of their gatherings, a member pointedly asked Devin, what are you afraid of? 
And he writes that three answers hit him all at the same time. First, there's no way I'm giving you a real answer. Second, how long do you have? And third, I have a fear of questions like this one. It doesn't have to be in the middle of a pandemic. The reality is that fear is one of those things that we hate to admit to struggling with, yet it's one of the most universal of human experiences to basically every age group in every time of history. Whether it's the little kid who's scared of the dark or the teenager who's afraid of not having friends or the college student worrying about debt or if they're going to be able to find a job or the couple getting married anxious about what the future holds or some older adults angsting about all those fears of everyone else as they think about their family members as well as their own worries about concerns over illnesses or or loneliness. Fear is something that reoccurs throughout our lives. We might conquer or grow out of having a particular fear, but we are never going to be immune to the experience of fear. And that's why this gospel is so relatable. When this passage comes up every year on this second Sunday of Easter, we often get focused simply on Thomas who's just unfairly labeled as doubting. I mean, seriously, we didn't do that to Peter, calling him denying Peter for his failure. (laughs) I'll save that rant for another day. But there's a lot more here than just St. Thomas, and a lot more that's important to us. In the, the verses right before this, you had Mary Magdalene, who has already discovered the empty tomb. Peter and John have been there themselves, and John tells us in his own gospel He saw and he believed. Jesus then appears to Mary Magdalene and tells her, go to my brothers. Tell them I'm going to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Those all took place on Easter Sunday. So this gospel brings us to just a few hours later. It's Easter Sunday evening. And what's happened? You would think that that news would have them emboldened and excited. But we read the doors were locked for fear. Fear of the Jewish authorities coming to arrest them. Fear that they would be the next ones to end up on the cross. Those were certainly part of what was causing that fear. But perhaps there was something else going on. Fear that this good news wasn't true. Fear of Jesus. Knowing how much they had failed him in the in his hour of trial and passion, knowing how their love for their own physical lives somehow eclipsed what should be the primary for every Christian, which is love for God and love for one's own soul and the soul of others. Fear had already disordered that hierarchy on Good Friday to simply worrying about themselves. So now that Jesus is risen, the ultimate vindication and validation of all that they had ever heard from Jesus' lips and witnessed with their own eyes and knew deep within their hearts to be true, perhaps they fear they've lost their chance. It was bad enough when they lost him physically on Good Friday. Now that the shadow of the doubt about Jesus being who he said he was, perhaps they fear they've lost that too. Yet what happens? Jesus enters right into that space. 
locked doors, nor scared, broken, flawed hearts. They're not an obstacle to him. He enters in not with a list of issues to discuss, like the who, what, where, when, why, and how they failed. He doesn't share words of condemnation or disappointment. Instead, he pours out peace and forgiveness. The glory of Easter isn't just Jesus being risen from the dead as historically universe changing as that was. But the glory of Easter is how Jesus restores them and us. And that's why Thomas is an important part of the gospel as well. Not because he experienced the same doubts that the rest of them did, but actually had the courage to name it. But because he shows us how doubt is the devil's tool to sow mistrust. Satan, seeing how these feelings and emotions have overwhelmed them in these days of darkness, of Good Friday and Holy Saturday, now makes it hard for for Thomas to trust these witnesses and their testimonies. And the only remedy he needs to experience Jesus himself, just as the others had that first Easter Sunday night, in order for him to be healed of that doubt. Easter is bringing them back to basics. There is no other way forward for this or any other fear that they will encounter other than making Jesus the priority in their lives. Jesus has to be the priority in our lives too. This isn't just about those in that upper room that first Easter Sunday evening. Jesus wants to do the same for us who follow him thousands of years later, but with the same resurrection power and authority and presence that he had that first evening. To enter into the locked rooms that we find ourselves self-imposed in. To remove the doubts and to cast out all the fears that there are there. The apostles, as his newly ordained priests, were sent just as the priests of today are, to continue that very mission, to bring Jesus to our world, especially in the sacraments. Jesus tells us that in the gift of the Eucharist, we haven't just been gifted with his body and blood as the perfect sacrifice to the Father for the sins of all humanity, as well as the nourishment for our souls as we receive him. But even more beautifully, that Jesus desires divine friendship with us. The Eucharist is the eternal pledge of his desire to remain close to us, who want to see him and who need him. And then the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation, where we go to confession, we too experience Jesus's presence in an intimately personal way, offering us forgiveness and allowing us to experience his peace. That's why this gospel is perfect for this feast of divine mercy. This devotion grows out of these private revelations that St. Faustina, who only died less than a, a century ago, back in 1938, that she had with Jesus, who wanted her to share with the world, who was suffering all kinds of horrors and tragedies of epic proportions that definitely instilled fear and doubt to them that evil was on the march in that world. 
To all that, Jesus very simply but profoundly used this simple servant of God to remind the world that God loves us, that his mercy is greater than any sin we could have ever committed, and that if we go to him, especially in his sacraments of reconciliation and Eucharist, we can receive that mercy ourselves. We can let go of the fear and the doubts that creep in that tells us all kinds of lies about ourselves, about one another, and about God. Jesus went to hell and back on the cross for us to never suffer from that fear and that doubt. Yet the evil one continues to find things to undermine that for his people today. So let us take comfort as, as we hear Jesus' words spoken to St. Faustina, who reminds us there's nothing to fear as he spoke these words to her and meant to be heard to us. As he says, my child, I know that the greatest obstacles to holiness are discouragement and an exaggerated anxiety. These will deprive you of the ability to practice virtue. All temptations united together ought not to disturb your interior peace, not even momentarily. Sensitivities and discouragement are the fruits of self-love. Have confidence, my child. Do not lose heart in coming for pardon, for I am always ready to forgive you. As often as you beg for it, you glorify my mercy.